Happy Friday, everyone, and welcome back to the Snakescast. I'm Jonathan. I'm Emily. And we are going to be comparing the two games we placed in the game spotlight on Monday and Wednesday, both by Ted Alsbach, both published by Bezier Games. Suburbia and its spiritual sequel, Castles of Mad King Ludwig. Now, um... I've been sort of playing it fairly close to the chest as to this. I, I have strong opinions about this. Uh, nothing makes me sadder than when something is really awesome and really wonderful in all kinds of ways, but falls short of the point where I can actually enjoy it. And Ludwig sadly does exactly that. So what is it about it that doesn't work for you? Okay, two things. Uh, firstly, Suburbia is a game where you're very, it's abundantly clear how you're doing the entire time. That score tracker is always showing you exactly how everybody's doing in terms of population. And yes, toward the early game, you want to try to avoid getting too many people because they'll cause too many problems. And that rush towards the end, we'll see players racing up the track. And there's and you can clearly see how people are doing. There is that sudden surprise at the end with the goals. You're never quite sure who's going to do that final surge at the end for, for accomplishing their goals and who won't. But there's that clear sense of what's going on. At the end of a game of King Ludwig, you have to spend a lot of time adding up points. Mm-hmm. It's... Ugh. So much math. It, it's, it's not just that it's math. It's that too. And that isn't that can be obnoxious. But the fact that everybody has to do this, the fact that there's so many things you have to add together means that the game feels anticlimactic in that sense. It doesn't reach this final crescendo at the end like a Wagnerian opera, but it's sort of like, okay, we're done. All right, now let's just quietly counter points. Okay, um, I, I got 64. I got 80, 82. So, okay, well, I guess you win then. Yay. But that's not the worst part. Um, what is the worst part? Okay. <laughs> so there is a mechanic which shows up in some games called Solomon Draft. And a Solomon Draft, it's the I divide, you choose sort of thing. So I, I split things up a certain way. Um, you pick one of the piles that I've divided up and then I take the other one and then we're good. Uh, Ludwig does that only with the many three or four players. So I'm going to take these six objects. I'm going to lay them out here. I'm going to decide how much they're all going to cost. And then you all pick stuff. Here's the problem. There is so much to take into consideration during that period. There's so much you have to worry about, so much you have to deal with. And if you're going to actually play your best game, then you have to do all of this. You have to actually think about what's going where. It's a torturous process, and there's nothing the other players can do while you're doing it. It's the very definition of analysis paralysis. If you can play with people who are willing to do this fast and loose, that's fine, but nobody's really going to be playing their best in that case. You're just sort of tossing stuff out there, which can be fine, and honestly, it's probably more in keeping with the spirit of Mad King Ludwig. But um, it's... Ugh, it, it's so close. There's so much to love about this game. The ridiculous rooms, the crazy architecture, uh, the history behind this, the, the, the fact that it just looks so silly laying out these rooms. Yeah, something that I like about Castles of Mad King Ludwig is the difference in shapes of the room. Mm-hmm. It just feels a little bit more real, you know? I mean, I get that for suburbia, you know, the suburbs, haha, it's all like cookie cutter, it's all the same. <laughs> but, you know, it's just not, it's not realistic. You know, I know we're talking about board games, but, you know, the, 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 the slaughterhouse won't take up the same footprint as the lake, which won't take up the same geographical footprint as like the preschool or, you know, the, the, the shopping mall or whatever. So the fact that everything in suburbia is these like little even hexagons, I guess, makes for a really nice, you know, even aesthetic for your board, but it's just like, I feel it would be more 
enjoyable for me if there was a little bit of variation. So whereas I not just putting something next to that thing will be, you know, negative because of their touching, but it just won't go there because zoning bylaws. Right. You can't build a preschool next to a slaughterhouse. I'm guessing that you were a SimCity fan. I loved SimCity. It was so good. It was so good. I got it in a box of Shreddies when I was like nine. <laughs> Do you remember when like cereal used to have cool stuff in it? Like, yeah. yeah like, that used to actually computer be a games. Thing. It was the best. As a SimCity aficionado, Suburbia really kind of like scratches that, like, let's build this thing better, if anything, just because of the theme, right? Mm. Like, it's it's a bit bigger. There's a bit, you know, it feels like there's more than just you. You know, you're controlling this population, their wants, their needs, their happiness, mm-hmm. their reputation. Um, Castles of Mad King Ludwig, it does just kind of like feel smaller. And you also the, the weirdness of it, the fact that it doesn't make sense is so easily hand-waved. By the fact that this nutcase is the person who is sort of commanding the mm-hmm. the architects, and that's fun. I mean, it's fun that it doesn't make sense. But if you're looking for a game, we get to like build a space to kind of like scratch that city planning itch that you haven't been able to scratch since you moved out of your parents' house and they lost your copy <laughs> of SimCity. Then I would say that Suburbia is the more satisfying experience. Let me ask you this: Have you had the chance to try Suburbia with the? Experience that the Suburbia Inc. expansion no. set. Okay, I want to show you something. Okay, so we've got these sort of uh, sawtoothed-shaped regions, which you can place so that they fit with some of your little hexes, but they also stretch outwards in different directions. And you can make pretty ridiculous sort of shapes with this thing. Let me show you some of the diagrams in this rulebook here. Let's see if you can describe this. You're talking about zoning. You're talking about setting things up so that it sort of stretches off in different areas and with some things that are larger than other things. Try building an amusement park, which gives you a huge amount of income for setting up both industrial and residential things next door to it. Try setting up a beach, which gives you tons of people for having residences and corporate places next to it. Or a toxic waste dump, uh, which make which is just terrible for absolutely everything you put next to it, but generates stupid amounts of money. Sweet. So, it was great. <laughs> Suburbia Inc. is awesome. It also gives you these uh, these clever little uh, goals and challenges which are set up. Um, a bonus is a little income bonus that you can get if you qualify for it at uh, the, the, about the one-third of the waypoint of the game. And it gives you a great big bonus for your money. Uh, the challenge is a great big bonus for your population that you can get at the two-thirds of the way mark for doing a certain thing. And these can be different every time you play. And they're different from the goals because not only one person can get them, everybody can get them. And this provides you with a sort of a sense of direction as well. It gives everybody something to work towards and gives you sort of a sense not only of what these individual places are like, but of what the overall climate is like and what the sort of housing market is like and what kind of places people want to live in these days. To me, Suburbia Inc. is uh, is, is something that really kind of brings just enough extra of that sort of Sim City kind of feel to the Suburbia experience without bloating it with too much extra stuff. You know, a lot of expansion sets will do this sometimes. They increase the, the complexity level so much that it becomes difficult to really... Um, to get the to, to get to experience the same feeling as the original game, or it's just so much overhead that you can't really introduce them to new players. Suburbia Inc. I think does a pretty good job of uh, of managing that, so you can add these extra things without making it unmanageable. So what what are you going to get with expansions from Mad King Ludwig? What can you possibly do to make things even more ridiculous without completely breaking the game? Uh, swans, of course, swans, and right. uh, like any respectable castle should have uh, moats. 
Okay, all right, okay, okay. Secret passageways. Oh, I love secret passages. So just like more of the same sort of stuff. So here's my question. Are these secret passages and moats and swans going to do anything to fix the problem of the scoring system being overly convoluted or the problem of analysis paralysis when I have to actually arrange these bloody things so as to, you know, not lose? Probably not. <sighs> but I mean, that that's like the kind of thing that some people like, though. I think that... That's true. You know, people that play a lot of, you know, like heavier Euro style board games will relish the opportunity to have to manage all of those things in the short amount of time. And people that play a lot of Euro board games will have the, and enjoy them, will have kind of a patience to sit and wait through it. It's true. Evaluation games are, there are their own sort of subgenre almost into themselves. And the skill to be able to sort of calculate on the fly how much something is worth to you or to you or to you is something that is definitely very appealing to a certain subset of game players out there. Mm-hmm. The fact that I don't like it doesn't necessarily mean that others won't. And uh, by the sound of it, if you enjoy that aspect of, uh, of Ludwig, then the expansions are just going to give you more of what you love. Mm-hmm. And swans. Plus swans. Because nobody loves swans. I love swans. No, I don't. They're so mean. <sighs> they, beautiful they jerks. I know. They're like, they're, they're like geese, only angrier. That's it for this week on the Snakes Cast. Next week, swans only bigger and reptilian and 65 million years ago. Dinosaurs. You mean dinosaurs, yes. right? Yes, I mean dinosaurs. Next week, dinosaurs. Totally. Snakes Cast is produced by Dax Audio and music is provided by Ben Sound. If you want to get in touch with us about anything, you know, talk about swans, SimCity, uh, you can reach us at podcast at snakesandlattes.com. The opinions expressed on the Snakes Cast are those of the presenters and nobody else's. See you next week. Bye.